just a friendly service reminder that we'll spend a couple minutes after the homily that you have your journal and you can write things down as the Lord speaks to you, what he has for you personally. So take a couple minutes of silence after the homily to uh, just go deeper, go deeper with the Lord. It's really beautiful and awesome to think that a life-changing experience can happen at every Mass. And God wants that so much more for us than we want it for ourselves. That's the good news. That's coming from the heart of God, and he's initiating that. And he wants that for us. He wants our lives to be changed. He wants our lives to be full. He wants our lives to be full of his presence that he has for us. In Matthew 13, 13, though, Jesus says, They have eyes but do not see, and they have ears but do not hear. So maybe the problem is on my side as we come in here together because we know what the Lord wants. We need supernatural intervention to see. Here's a quote. The quality of your recognition, the quality of your seeing and hearing is made manifest by your response. So what we see and hear will respond to and to be open to the infinite living God and how he wants to be present to us in our particular situation is so beautiful. So amazing that God is so personal in his love for us. One time I was celebrating Mass at a Catholic high school in Portland, Oregon, and we were in the uh, gym. That's where you have a big enough space to have 1,200, 1,300 people. And the, the uh, wine had already been consecrated, so it was the precious blood of Jesus. And I just want to semantically help us to think about that. You know, a Eucharistic minister uh, is, is sharing the precious blood of Jesus. It's not the wine. It's the precious blood. So we were kind of on this little platform in, in the middle or at, at the end of one of the gym, and the platform kind of collapsed, and all the precious blood spilt uh, around the altar. And I don't think people knew how to respond to that, but there was a lot of laughing and giggling and I, I wonder, did we recognize that this is the precious blood of Jesus that saves us from our sins? And was that, was that able to be recognized? The point is, is if we come to Mass to experience these life-changing encounters, is that our capacity to encounter God can increase or decrease depending upon us and our openness and readiness. How we see and hear is shown through being present at Mass, responding to the different parts of Mass, engaging moment by moment. By journaling, for instance, and being ready to receive that word of the Lord. Now, I recognize this is an incredible challenge for those who have little ones. What I want to say to you is thank you for being here. I love, we love having you here. We wouldn't have it any other way. I would not have it any other way. Question for you. What is the most repeated visual symbol in our church as we come here in our church today? What's the most repeated visual symbol? It's the cross. On each station of the cross, we have the cross. St. Charles Borromeo statue is holding the cross. We have the cross in our stained glass windows. We have the crucifix of Jesus Christ in front of us in, uh, when we celebrate. It's important to understand that when we begin Mass, what leads? The cross. 
the processional cross that we have over here leads and then we follow. The cross, let the cross always lead. We follow behind the cross and what that is calling us to. In today's gospel, it's the evening, it's after sunset, and they brought all those who were ill and possessed by demons. The whole town gathered at the door. He cured diseases and drove out demons. Does that sound familiar? That's here and now. This is what's happening in the liturgy as the cross becomes the sacrament and becomes our salvation as we receive his body and blood. How is that made present? We must understand that Christianity is ever new encounter and Jesus is contemporary, walks with us this day. So the cross that, is, uh, that leads us in each mass is called the processional cross. It's a victory parade. Jesus has defeated death and vanquished the ancient serpent. John Chrysostom, they call him the golden mouth. He's got a lot of good quotes. If you want a lot of great quotes, just Google John Chrysostom. Says this, are you ignorant of what the cross has done? It has vanquished death, destroyed sin, emptied hell, dethroned Satan, and restored the universe. Would you then doubt its power? The power of that cross. And we got to pray it. We got to pray it down into our hearts and souls that it's just not a metal figure coming down, but this is Jesus vanquishing the ancient servant, empty in hell, and calling us his sons and daughters, calling us right back into the center of his life, which was destroyed and wrecked and shattered by sin. Think about the Hosannas on Palm Sunday. Redemption hadn't even happened yet. But what were the crowds doing? They were clapping and yelling and singing because they were dancing at the appearance of the answer to the heart's deepest cry. Victory. By the way, that's the name of this homily. Victory. Yes, but how often do we feel defeated and like, oh, you numbskull, you did it again. You went back to that very same place. Are you ever going to progress in your spiritual life? Are you ever going to, to go deeper and be more solid and committed? We can look at St. Paul, who's given us so much of the New Testament, and we can say he had a miraculous conversion experience, miracles and supernatural interventions. He understood and lived the lofty, victorious Christian life in which basically been seen as no simpler than living the life when we try to live the life of Jesus. It seems that once he grasped something intellectually, his emotions and his will would follow that. Apparently, minus Romans chapter 7, where he really admits that uh, he's not living up to it, Paul had an easy time lifting the lofty ideal, living out the lofty ideals of the Christian life. But we can say to ourselves, well, how could I ever be Paul? How could I live like that or ever do that, attain to that level? There wasn't a lot of anger, despair, or confusion, or rage, or anguish like all of us human beings experience. Marcion, an early Christian, said, we don't need the Old Testament. It's useless and it's void. The church, and I say, not so, the exact opposite. We need to know the unfulfilled of the Old Testament so that we can know the fulfilled 
of the New Testament. Just think about the Bible. Three quarters of the Bible is the Old Testament. It's about sin and faithlessness and falling short and longing for fulfillment. So true to our earthly sojourn. But that three quarters of the terrible failure we call the Old Testament could not cancel out God's love. When we begin our mass with the sign of the cross, our prejudice today is that we can live life in our own name. It's my life. I determine the meaning of it. Don't tell me what to do. I'm in charge. We begin mass by saying no to all that. We come in his name. He marks our bodies. That always recalls our baptism, the character of that sacrament that we belong to the Lord. It's akin to like the branding of an animal. Once an animal is branded, well, that animal belongs to the owner. And we belong, because Christ marks us, our body and soul to himself. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to him. We are his possession. And that is good news because he cherishes and sets free his possession, you and I. I don't start by Mass by saying, hey, everybody, how you doing? I, I mean, I do say, how you doing? But then we start Mass by the sign of the cross because I'm not coming in my own name, thank God, but I'm coming in his name. And that's infinitely better. I've been reflecting on the Our Father, just the two first words of the Our Father, because a lot of times I think it's my father, and I've got my relationship with my father, but it's our father, every one of us. We come together to our father. That's what the church is about, coming together. When I'm camp uh, counseling a, a, a married couple that's having struggle in their marriage, I say, pray together, do this together, because it's our father. And the way that we get to our Father is our, in this community, Jesus coming in and bringing us to where we've come from, our Father. So we move from being individuals to community. In real life, we tend to pass by each other, run by each other, but in the life of the church, we run to each other to greet and to be greeted. And you do such a beautiful job of that here. We are met by a hospitality that says, you are not alone. You are part of this community. It is our Father. It is us. We gather as a community and we gather within ourselves to understand this. Mass is a communitarian prayer and not a private devotion. We move to others from being a narcissist obsessed with ourselves. Here's a point about singing. I encourage you to sing. Why? When we're not singing, we keep the attention focused on ourselves. When we do sing, then we have the best chance of glorifying the Lord who is bringing us to our Father. The entrance procession is a holy parade, a victory march. We may not get to walk in it, but we are part by our presence, attention, our singing. The cross is hosted high, like a trophy for all to see. The trophy of God's victory over sin and death for all to see. 
and we move towards the altar, our journey together. The altar is not like a private booth at a restaurant, but it's one table. We all gather around. And we don't gather in our name, thank God. We gather in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what do we say to each other? The Lord be with you. The Lord and his power and his cross. I want the best for you and will do my best to get you to the best. A couple weeks ago, I needed some bolstering. That's the word that the Holy Spirit gave to me in my heart and my spirit. I just needed to be bolstered up. An hour later, I got a card from like 20 of the men who are part of our men's groups just writing an encouraging note and thanking me for being the pastor. It's just what the Savior ordered. The Holy Spirit met me right where I'm at with more than enough power. To thank that the God of the universe knows that and he wants the, that power of the cross to do that for us. Ten days ago, when I was visiting my family in Oregon, I was visiting brother with brother number two, Steve. I'm number eight, he's number two. And he looked at me in the eyes and asked me the question, who do you go to when you need help? I said, I don't. Or at least rarely. I'm not good about asking for prayer and help. And it's not because I think I'm the mighty one who has it all together. We don't come to God in a silo, insulated, isolated, cutting off, hindering communication, cooperation, not sharing life. So my friend, I ask you, as I ask me, how isolated are you? Do you ask for prayer? Do you ask for help? Today, as in always and in every Mass, we gather around the cross, and Jesus meets us right where we are at, in his word, Eucharist, sacraments, community, with more than enough power to bolster us. Don't go it alone. Don't go it alone. And we have a grace here in this church of not doing that and moving away from that more and more. No more silos. No more isolation. Yield. Cast into like a child, into your parent. Declare yourself beaten. Be helpless. And open wide your heart to the victory of Christ's cross deep within.